Welcome to the Generation Iron Podcast, featuring the biggest names in bodybuilding, fitness, combat, and strength sports world. If you want to be a bodybuilding champion, it takes hours and hours every day of being dedicated and being passionate about it. As your boy here, Kai Green, aka Mr. Getting It Done. Yeah, Tune in to the GI exclusives on the Generation Iron Airwaves. What's up, guys? This is Vlad Yudin, and we are back with a new episode of the Generation Iron Podcast. Today's guest is extremely entertaining. I've been watching his videos for quite some time now. He started popping up on social media feeds a couple of years ago, and he was just doing his insane stunts with the weights. Um, He was lifting some crazy type of weight. He was doing splits. He was doing all types of stunts, almost it looked like he was going to injure himself, but it was very entertaining. And I learned more and more about him over the years. And now, you know, to my surprise, he got into actually competing on a bodybuilding stage. His physique was always great, but he was never really a competitor until now. So we're going to talk to him about his journey, about the ups and the downs of being an influencer. And of course, about his professional, or not professional, the amateur debut, um, trying to become a professional, actually. So let's welcome to the show, uh, Mr. Juji Mufu. Well, first of all, it's great to meet you, man. I was looking forward to talking to you. Thank you for dedicating your time today. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's an honor to be on Generation Iron. <laughs> it's, an honor, it's an honor to have you, man. I, I love your videos, man. Thank you. Thank you. So let's get right into it, man. First of all, your name. I, I had a lot of questions about it. So it's... Uh, Juji Mufu. Yeah, you said it right. <laughs> I said it right. Uh, so your name is uh, John Cal, right? Your real name. Yeah, John Call. John Call. So h- how did you how did you come up with this alter ego? How did you come up with that name? Uh, I made it up when I was thirteen years old, and uh, I just kind of made it up real quick while I was trying to think of a username for America Online, and I just spat it out and logged in, and I've been Juji Mufu for twenty. 22 years now. Oh, wow. He's never changed it. You know, it's one of those things you got stuck with, like a nickname when you're a kid. That's amazing, because everybody, everybody knows you as that now. Yeah, I mean, it's a stupid name, but... No, nah, it's a cool name. <laughs> it is what it is. I'm stuck with it. I don't bother to change it. So, how did you get into the uh, into the fitness industry? You, you got into powerlifting originally, right? Uh, so, there's something called... Uh, uh, tricking, which is acrobatic slips, twists, and kicks. Uh, but before that, I was in uh, Taekwondo. So I've been training since I was uh, 13 years old. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I only got into weightlifting right around the time I was like 17 or 18. That's when I started doing the power lifts. I was trying to uh, prove my power output for my sport, uh, acrobatics. Mm-hmm. And uh, I got addicted to the weightlifting. I really liked it. So I did both. And then in my late 20s, you know, I got tired of training two and a half hours every day and looking like a normal person. You know, it's, you know, athletics is, you know, elite athletes typically don't look like bodybuilders. But, you know, I was always a fan of bodybuilding and I knew all the bodybuilders and I followed it when I was younger and I just thought it was so cool. So in my late 20s, I was like, I'm going to build some muscle. So uh, I knew how to do it. I just never done it before. And uh, I did it. And, well, it got bigger. <laughs> Right, right. Was it was it a did you enjoy the transition of, of muscle building basically and you know going to the gym for that? Oh yeah, oh yeah. Well, <laughs> it was, we spent a decade just doing power like 
pure power, agility, strength, mm-hmm. like stuff will just tear your body in half. And now you move on to creative isolation work. It's uh, it feels really good. <laughs> Do you have, when you started doing bodybuilding, did you also like continue doing any type of other things like powerlifting or doing any, any other stuff? Because you do a lot of functional things, you know, from what I saw. No, I still do everything. Yeah, I still did all. That's the thing is that when I transitioned to something else, it would just be for a period and I'd cycle the other things back in. So everything's periodized uh, long term. So I, I still do some flips and stuff during certain times of year. Flexibility is permanent, basically, because I built it so early and I know what I'm doing with it. Um, and no one knows what the fuck they're doing when they stretch, dude. Like, everyone does it wrong. But if you do it right, you don't have to do very much. You just You just do exactly what you're supposed to do a little bit, and you can do the splits. It's so easy. Um, and then, you know, the power lifts, I still do that because I love it. I like lifting. I like the feeling of having heavy weights on my back, uh, heavy squat as a rush. And that stuff helps you build muscle. It translates really well. It complements bodybuilding. That's why you see a lot of powerlifters moving into the bodybuilding and bodybuilders kind of like getting into powerlifting. And just they complement each other, move back and forth. So I'm always moving back and forth between these things. Now, the way I discovered you, right, you came on the scene uh, it was probably like a couple of years ago. I don't know exactly where, maybe three years ago when I was like, I didn't even know exactly who you were, but I saw those crazy videos of you. Like you're doing splits while lifting, all types of like, uh, you know, like stunt-like videos that look very dangerous, you know. Um, how did you get into doing those videos and building up your following, actually? How did that happen? Yeah, I've been making videos since I was like a kid, but there wasn't social media. It didn't mm-hmm. exist. There was no Facebook. There's no YouTube. None of that existed. We had to upload our uh, videos that we would create uh, into like a server that, you know, you and your friends would have or find someone with a server and upload them as a zip file mm-hmm. and share these videos, these little training videos you'd create with your, amongst your friends and amongst little bulletin board communities, forums and stuff. And then, you know, social media came and made it very easy for people just to upload something real quick. So I've been doing it forever. So when Instagram came out, I was like, oh, this is easy mode. Like, <laughs> I've been doing it the hard way my whole life. <laughs> I've, been doing, I've been doing dumb videos forever. It's just, it's just, I don't know. It's not, it's, I don't understand. It's just like you take, you take a big guy, right? Take a big strong guy. Automatically, this person has status. That anything this person says or does, people are going to find it more funny. Big Rammy can make a fart joke, and everyone's going to laugh their ass off. You take, you take anyone else who does the same thing, and they'll be like, "Dude, what the? Shut up!" You know what I mean? But it's funny. Now, I don't understand why these larger dudes, you know, they need to kind of harness and, and take advantage of their sense of humor because it's such an advantage they have, building the body they have and the respect people have for the effort they put into, you know doing the thing they do and humor just just throw it in there just just do something have some fun mm-hmm. make light of god oh man it's so it makes it work so well it's so much fun too everyone everyone feels good about it you know mm-hmm. so when you started your social media right because you have an amazing youtube channel you have like you have over a million subscribers which is obviously amazing on youtube and you have a great obviously you have over a million on instagram um did it come easy building up that following or was it like a was it an uphill battle for you um, it's, it's just something I do though. Like I wouldn't say it was easy, but I was going to do it anyway. It's just what I do. Like I was just before I got paid for it. I've, I've been doing all this stuff for most of my life without making a penny off of it. If I stop making any money doing off of doing any of this stuff tomorrow, I'd still do it. Well, that's, you can't compete against someone. That's why I'm pretty competitive in this industry is I do it because I, I'm just going to do it. It's what I do. It's my destiny. So it's just kind of like I make videos, I, I, I work out. It's just 
what I do. So if you're just going to do it and you're just going to keep doing it, then it's, the results are just going to come. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's, yeah, it's, yes. So yeah, it wasn't easy, but I'm going to do it anyway. <laughs> so it just that's happens. true. That's, that's a good way to look at it. How much prep goes into these videos? Like, for example, when you're doing a split on two chairs and lifting uh, over your head, like, like how much prep goes into that? That's a great question. I love you for asking that question. Uh, yeah, it's, a lot of them take a long time. So, like, the split video took me a couple hours to do. You got to clear your living room out. You got to warm up for the damn thing, <laughs> which is like a top set of a squat, and then you got to do it, and you got to trim it real quick, edit it, you know, and then just post it. Some of these, some of the stunts I do take a long setup time. Like, it's a 10 or 15 second video, and it takes hours just to do it. Sometimes you'll do something that won't work, they'll just have to can the idea. You know, YouTube, you know, YouTube videos, I do the longer format videos, mm-hmm. which are like 12, 20 minutes long. It's more dialogue based, but man, you got to have someone, you got to have way more equipment. You have someone to film you. You got to set up, you got to schedule it. You got to work with people because collabs and, um, you know, collabs is basically what makes YouTube run in the fitness industry. People just want to see people get together and work out together. Right. And then you got to, you know, give the footage to an editor or trim it, post. YouTube uploads take a long time. I mean, this 12 or 15 minute video, by the time you're done, you've got four or five hands touch it, and maybe about 20 hours go into it, just for one video. And now I've got like 800 videos on the channel, so mm-hmm. it's a lot of... That's a lot of videos, man. Now, have you ever had like a scare where you potentially could have gotten injured or got injured while, while doing some of that stuff? Yeah, I'm pretty good at avoiding it. Um, I'm That's actually, good. <laughs> I'm, really, I'm really smart with injuries. Uh, the thing is, like, I always work up to it. So I'm always doing tests for things before I actually do the stunt, just to kind of feel it out. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, if, if I'm getting any warning signs along the way, like, this, this movement's not going to work, this skill isn't going to work, this stupid thing I'm going to do that involves my body bending in half while a weight is, you know, in, in this position isn't going to work, then I'll just trash it and no one will even tried it. Mm-hmm. But a lot of times it'll work and it's completely unrelatable to people. they like, I've never seen someone do that. They don't even know how much a lot of weight is. They just know that they can't even put their body in that position. So it really doesn't matter whether I'm doing, you know, let's say 380 pounds or 350 pounds. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It's like, why would I throw on the extra 30 when no one's ever done this anyway? You know what I mean? I'm just going to leave it at 350, scream, have good energy in the video, and then everyone gets what they want out of it, which is, you know, I found the right weight. I found the right way to get into it, and I didn't destroy myself finding my one rep max on a, on a weird contortionist lift. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about a lot of, not a lot of guys, but some guys out there, they... I guess you inspired them in some ways, you know what I'm saying? Like, they, they do videos also, like, they do stunts in a gym, all types of different guys do it, you know. Do you see it as flattering because you paved the way, uh, way for them, or do you do you not like the fact that they copy you in a way? I think if I didn't exist at all and it never existed, uh, people would find a way uh, to invent this stuff anyway. So I don't think I really paved the way so much as I've just kind of like maybe encouraged something that was going to happen anyway. Uh, and people kind of see that and be like, Oh, he's doing it. I'll do it. And if they copy me, that's great. Cause sometimes, you know, I'll look at something someone else has done and be like, Oh, I'm going to take that and modify it a little bit mm-hmm. and do it, do my own spin on it. So it's like, you know, you're always kind of borrowing ideas and stuff. I, most of the stuff I've done, has just been popped into my head, mm-hmm. but there's definitely borrowed ideas and it's, it's not, I wouldn't say it's uh flattering but it's not a nuisance either it's just like oh yeah they're doing the same thing i understand why i get them yeah yeah it's true uh there's a there's a guy named i don't know if you ever heard of huck finn 
Oh and yeah, I'm friends with him. He's a, he's a funny guy, man. He does crazy stuff. He's torn his pack three times in six years, and he makes a comeback every time. Yeah. He's really good at coming back from his pack tears, i tell you what, but he's a cool dude, man. Yeah, he's a funny guy, man. He does crazy yeah. stuff, too. <laughs> I don't know how you... I don't know how you survive that stuff, man. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. Now, so do you have like a favorite video that you've done that you like? You made that video and like, oh, that's really I really outdone myself this time. Uh, I think the one I like probably the most is the original one where I was wearing the horse masks uh, yeah. and I was slinging around a barbell out in the middle of this like desert-looking area, and I was just uh, doing flips and running around with a mask. I looked like a wrestler. That one, that's one of my most popular videos, and it's probably one of my favorites. It was a really hard video to do because it was 104 degree weather in Alabama during the summertime. Wow. I don't think anyone understands how hot Alabama is in the summertime. It's the humidity is on another level. Wearing a horse mask is like wearing a brown paper bag on your head. You can't breathe or see. Wow. All right, so I mean, just to do the stunt, in order to breathe, I had to take a Fedrin, you know, to open up my bronchiodilate to get some oxygen in my lungs. I had to wear a nose strip under the damn horse mask. I used Afrin nasal spray just so I could breathe. It was so oh hard God. to breathe in that stupid mask. And then every time I do a pass, you know, we'd be filming clips and this is all edited together in a sequence. I'd have to rip off that mask and just sit there and gasp for air like I was being suffocated. And uh, no one knows that side of the... And I, of course, I was blind when I was doing it. You can't see out of the mask, so... If you see this video, it's just like, it looks fun, it's cool, but what went behind it was like, that was really hard to do, but it was really cool, man. Just the, just the way it came out and the way I thought of the idea. I was just driving and I just saw it in my head, just as it was, perfect. I was like, oh shit, I'm doing this. I'm doing that video. <laughs> it was mm -hmm. just, it was like, struck by inspiration and, and it turned out to be one of my favorites and one of my best. That's crazy, man. <laughs> now, what, um... I've seen the video of you, you taking different vitamins and supplements. What, what is your regimen of supplementation like? Uh, what do you take on a daily basis and for, to, you know, to help your endurance, I guess? Yeah, I take everything A to Z. I'm uh, sponsored and I'm part of Team HD, HD Muscle. So I take everything they make basically except for their uh, fat burner pills, which is because I prefer coffee. And uh, their Black HD, which is a really high stem pre-workout because I drink coffee. And also I like rain energy drinks. But man, I take all the pumps. Uh, I take all the car formulas, the, you know, the proteins, the vitamins, all the, they have a health stack, liver, kidney, you know, multi-sleep formulas. I mean, I take everything, dude. Mm -hmm. Now, I understand that you, you like a week away or two weeks away from doing your first bodybuilding show. Is that true? Yeah, two weeks out. So, it's Olympia Amateur. It's going to be October 5th. And this is your first bodybuilding show ever? Yeah, I've never stepped on stage. I don't even know how it goes. I think you got like, what, like weigh-ins, and then you got like pre-judging or something, and then there's like some time in between. I mean, see, I don't even know like how the day goes. Mm -hmm. Like I try to picture in my head how much time is in between all these parts that I've read about and heard about, but I've never stepped on stage. But like I said, I've, I've been building muscle, and I'm a fan of bodybuilding and practicing it, but I've never actually competed, so time. I guess the biggest question is, I mean, a lot of people will probably want to know why suddenly you, you want to you want to do a show. Is it like a challenge? Is that you want to challenge yourself to you know to do a show like this? Yeah. So last summer I got shredded for fun, and a lot of people couldn't even wrap their head around why I would do that. They're like, mm -hmm. "What? 
why did you get that lean just for fun? I was like, because I wanted to. I just thought it would be fun. And I got, I looked stage ready. And my friends were like, you're, you look like you're 10 days out from a competition. What the hell are you doing? You need to compete. And the next Strength and Power started covering me. And all these people started encouraging me. Like, dude, you need to enter a show. We'll find you one. And I was just like, okay, why not? You know, so the, the first one I was going to do was going to be the uh, Arnold Amateur in mm-hmm. March of 2021. But it got canceled due to COVID. Mm-hmm. Um and so I had to delay it. So we moved it on to the Olympia Amateur, which is two weeks from now. So that's kind of how I, you know, I just wanted to get shredded for fun, look good. And, and then everyone was encouraging me to enter show. I said, well, why not? <laughs> right, right, right. But do, do you have interest in actually, like, taking this further? Let's say, you know, what, which, you know, obviously you can go either way. You know what I mean? There's a lot of people competing. But, like, do you have interest in pursuing a career in bodybuilding? Well, it's not a career, uh, quote unquote, because I make my money doing other things. Anything that I do within bodybuilding is is not for money. Um, it's just, uh, you know, it's kind of like because I want to do it. You see what I'm saying? Because mm-hmm. I make really good money off of my programs I sell and my sponsors and all the other things that I do. So there's money. The career thing isn't really part of it. Now, I do so many different things. Mm-hmm. The thing is that people ask me what are you going to do after the show this question and you know I love process I love the prep process I've really enjoyed it I love the sport I love the athletes I understand uh, kind of where they're coming from but I don't know what it's going to be like to step on stage how am I going to feel show day because a lot of people like bodybuilding but they hate competing they're like mm-hmm. I hate the competition aspect yeah. of it they like everything else I don't know how I'm going to feel mm-hmm. so I can't make a decision on, on what I'm going to do after until you know a, a few days or maybe a week after the show to kind of you know let things settle down and have some time to reflect how do you feel now because you, you know you're a few weeks away I mean how do you feel right now in prep well I think I'm taking it better than a lot of other people have said but like one out of every three or four days dude like the, the fatigue is on another level like mm-hmm. it's not just like you're hungry and you feel stomach discomfort it's like no your entire existence is hungry like you just feel so depleted and not like exhausted it's just like you're just like kind of like pushed down it's just a really weird fatigue um and then you'll have good days um I have a good day today. I feel a lot better. My coach has been giving me more high days. Um, Dorian Hamilton is my coach. And uh, he gives me more high days because I, I tend to lean out really easily in condition. I'm a pretty active guy. I like to move around. And he's just like, whoa, 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 you're conditioning way too fast. So he just starts throwing in these high days. And I feel way better. So, I mean, the process is, has its ups and downs. But I love the organization aspect of it just like checking off all the boxes you know mm-hmm. uh, the meals the weighing of these things the, the workouts the, the laying things out the planning the prep i just i just love that i love the organization aspect mm-hmm. of it i just think it's so much fun and i think i'm pretty damn good at it honestly um so yeah did uh as you as you do in bodybuilding right does it take away from your other things that you you know like making videos and other things you know for business yeah, I mean, it definitely does. I, I, I sympathize with bodybuilders who are in prep now because it's like, dude, you don't have the energy to do a lot of other things right. that you want to do. And that's why these bodybuilders have so much respect for someone like Jay Cutler who was able to build all these businesses while he was competing in the Olympia year after year after year just to have your body in that state and be able to do all these other things on the side is a tremendous 
it's just a tremendous accomplishment because uh, a lot of these guys is just like they wake up, they eat their meals, they do their cardio, they they go to the gym, and they just lay down and play fucking video games, and just they're dead because they feel like you're like you're dead, you know, just like you're tired mm-hmm. while you're in prep, you know, twelve to sixteen weeks out of the year. So, um, yeah, it can interfere with other things, but um, you know, I, I've done pretty well this prep of getting a lot of other things done. For sure. Do you, um, how do you feel about the state of bodybuilding right now? Like, do you follow the, the industry and actually like the actual, you know, bodybuilders and, and you know, the, the, the standings and everything, you know? Yeah. I mean, I, I do follow it not as closely as like super fans, but I definitely follow it. I, you know, I follow Nick strength and power. I'm friends with a lot of the top competitors. Uh, you know, I know it, I know it's going on here and there. Do you have a uh, favorite bodybuilders? of all time like if you have to pick like your five top bodybuilders that you admire it's hard to, it's hard to choose um because you know now that i'm kind of entering this competitive mode yeah. i'm finding bodybuilders that i didn't really have you know an eye for in the past and now i see these guys i'm like oh i see something special about this guy yeah. especially when you're studying like posing routines and stuff it's something you never really have to do unless you're going to step on stage for the most part and then you're like oh lee labrata you know, he wasn't the biggest guy. He never won an Olympia, but he was one of the best posers of all time. And now it's something I didn't really know about until now I have a need for learning more about posing. You're like, oh, now you're looking at this guy. He's amazing. Or even Andreas Munzer, for example, like everyone always knows is like Mr. Shreds. But have you ever actually watched him pose? He's really good at posing, too. He's an amazing poser. And it's like these things about these athletes I never saw before. So I, I don't know if I, I'm going to be able to just give you like a top five, other than maybe Ronnie Coleman, just because sure. something about you know, just having a positive attitude in hell, you know, in Metroflex gym prepping is just an amazing yeah. thing. But, and then Jay Cutler, of course, for accomplishing all that stuff you know his business and he's just the best ambassador the sport could ever have but you know there's i like a lot of them man i like so many of them and it's just it's sure. they're all unique in their own ways but also just noticing the things about a lot of them that i didn't notice before until i got into this level of it right, you know what right. i mean absolutely now you know your upcoming debut in bodybuilding is, is i'll be honest with you, it's, highly, it's very highly anticipated a lot of people want to see what you bring to the stage uh do you feel like pressure going into this contest okay Yes. Yeah. Hell yeah. I think it's, I mean, I think it's part of me feels like it's a little unfair because all these people are like putting me on such a high pedestal. I've never even stepped on a stage I've never competed. And all these people have these really super high expectations for me. But at the same time, you know, I got to flip that around and be like, well, but dude, it's a privilege like to have people have this high expectation of me because I'm someone that's never even competed (laughs) And all right. these people are following me, like cheering me on, encouraging me, and have high expectations for me. So, like, I'm nobody in bodybuilding, you know, coming into this with this much of a, of a, you know, these people. Like, right, it's just right. okay. So I'm grateful for that, but at the same time, yeah, there's a lot of pressure because they have really high expectations of me. They're expecting some crazy posing routine like Kai Green. I'm like, guys, I I can't move like that guy. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's not fair to compare me to him. It's not fair me to pros i've never competed against these guys so I, I think a lot of the comparisons are unfair and unrealistic but at the same time it's kind of very flattering you know well people are expecting probably some crazy posing routine from you i mean they, they definitely want to see something different you know what i mean like because you're you you know what i mean that's what you're known for yeah mm-hmm. so what, what, what can you can you give us any any information about your posing routine do you do you plan to do like a flip or something or what 
I mean, I'll probably just do a flip, yeah. <laughs> Be careful, man. It's the, the number one request. I just, God, I hope the floor isn't slippery. So I need to decide whether to put it at the beginning of the routine, the middle, or just at the end, or right when I walk out. Oh, uh, I'll figure that one out. But, you know, I don't know how hype I'm going to be, how depleted I'm going to be, or, right. or how much energy I'm going to have. I don't even really know what to expect of my energy levels, but I'll see how it goes. But it's in, it's, it's, it's part of my plan right now because there's too many people asking me to do it. It's just like, it's just a posing routine. You know what I mean? It's, it's not prejudging or anything where you're actually judged on your score. It, the, the posing routine is just for the athlete and for the fans. So mm -hmm. I should be able to do something, you know, like that. Right. Do you agree? Oh, of course I agree. I mean, but I actually, I actually heard, I don't know if it's hundred percent or not hundred percent, but I heard that they banned the flipping on stage. I read very, yeah, I heard the same thing. I, I, I read very closely. It looks like it's banned in prejudging. Oh, I see. But then, okay, I see what you're saying. Why would you do a flip in prejudging? They're not going to call for that. <laughs> it's just like, <laughs> why did he do where, where he, They're doing their mandatories. This asshole does a flip. It's like, okay, yeah. <laughs> I think right. it's just a free posing routine. You can do whatever you want. Yeah, I think they banned it. For, I think it was somebody actually died doing a flip. That was years ago. It's yeah, a very sad no, situation. Yeah. They also, uh, there's one pose that's banned. It's called the moon pose. Have you heard of that one? What's that? He just bend over. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> uh, Tom Platts used to do it to show off his hamstring development because he had uh, really striated dry hamstrings, so he'd just bend over and touch the floor with his ass facing the audience while they banned it. You know what I mean? Because oh, you're man. basically mooning the crowd. So, but, <laughs> Don't do that like, one. <laughs> yeah, you can't do that one. But, you know, it's interesting, you go into this competition, like, even though there's a lot of guys there that, that competed for years, probably, you know, um, you definitely have the spotlight on you, you know? It's like, when it comes to social media, you know, when you when you big on social media, it's always going to be a spotlight, you know? Yeah, so, like I said, I feel very grateful that I have that spotlight on me, and I have the support I have, because I can reach out to just about any anybody that's a top name in the sport and get help if I want, you know what I mean? But there's a little information overload. I, I'll be real with you. Like, yes, even though I can reach out to all these people to get help mm -hmm. after a while, it's just like, it's too much information. There's only so much I can digest here. So, right. uh, one block at a time, but we'll see how I feel after the competition because I, I think I have definitely room to grow in the sport. I haven't really dedicated blocks and blocks of training time for hypertrophy specifically from bodybuilding for muscle building dedicated exclusively to that back to back ever in my life i haven't even started growing my legs on purpose until a year and a half ago that's really? why a lot of people say hey, he's got he's got small legs i kept them intentionally small i was purposely not training them to get big because right. that's the worst thing you possibly can have is big right. legs when you do flips right. and right. stuff in the air so i was only like a year and a half or so ago i started to do isolation work the first time in my life for legs to help them grow and i put an inch and a half on them on the quad so i'm sure you know if i continue down that route i can add another inch or two or three you know what i mean in time so i'm in my mid-30s and most of the pros i talked to said i still have many years to grow mm -hmm. so that's encouraging you know because you know acrobatics and stuff i've already peaked man like i was 26 years old i peaked you, you don't find someone peaking in that sport later in their 30s that speed mm -hmm. stuff goes away quick but muscle mm -hmm. building and strength that can bloom late and it has a longer trajectory time so dude i'm interested in you know progress results it's sure, fun sure i don't want to 
get half as good as I used to be at flips and stuff and dedicate a lot of time to that, but I still want to maintain a lot of it because it, it does make me happy. So sure. yeah, it's kind of, it's kind of a bag I just threw on you right there, but uh, <laughs> well, what if, what if you take bodybuilding, what if you, you know, let's say you really want to pursue bodybuilding after doing the show and you will get, you know, your legs will get bigger, obviously, right? You put on more muscle, then you have to give up the, the stunts and the, and the flips and everything else, right? Are you ready for that? I won't have to get, I won't have to give up the splits. I can tell you that splits is not dependent on uh, the size of your legs. Oh, like Ronnie Coleman do the splits. For example, Flex Wheeler could do the splits. There's a lot of bodybuilders that could do splits on stage. Um, that is not dictated by uh, muscle size, but actually, like jumping and doing aerial maneuvers in the air, yes, because those legs are hard to move around. You know what I mean? So there's only a limited number of moves I would be able to keep if my legs continue to grow. I would still be able to do a backflip, just a basic backflip, which is good. Because that's the that is the most popular move, just a straight up backflip. That's what most people expect and want. So cool, highest return on investment move. I can keep that trick, um, but there's a lot of other skills that are just gonna just have to disappear. But you know, I've had to kind of prune the number of skills because I used to be able to do a ton of skills, man. I was very very good at tricking, uh, and I've had to just give them up over time due to mm-hmm. changes of interest, changes of you know marketability as well as age things. Mm-hmm getting bigger and stronger you know so i've already given up a lot of it already so mm-hmm. yeah um, i could give up a little bit more i'd still be able to keep the backflip and the splits i know that right so do you think um how, how are you going to place in this upcoming show will determine whether you're going to continue in bodybuilding or whether it's going to be your, your first and last show i don't think it's going to be the placing that dictates whether it's going to be my first and last show i mm-hmm. think it's going to be you know, honestly, just the experience. This is like, man, that was a shitty experience. Everyone was an asshole. It wasn't. It wasn't what I thought it was going to be. Um, the day was not really. You know, it didn't really do well on social media. I didn't like it. You know, if all these things happen, then I'd be like, okay, well, I have to think whether I want to do another show or not. But if it's like, wow, that was the coolest thing ever. I made a bunch of social connections. Um, you know, I have room for improvement. I talk to the judges. Right. I think they they think I have you know good potential a few years down the road. Dude, I could put in years. Two, three, four, five years? Yeah, no problem. Wow. You know what I mean? I can put in a time and I can wait. But it has to be worth it. You know what I mean? It has to actually, you know, and I, I won't know until after the show. But right. yeah, I don't I don't think I'm going to place dead last. There's no way. Um, first, no, I don't, you know, I'm not expecting it because I have no idea what's going to show up. The hmm. Olympia Amateur is a wild card. Right, you know, right, the, right. the winner in 2019 or 20 was a really big dude. What the fuck? You know, like, right, holy right. shit that guy he was a pro when he walked into it you know but there's a few years before that you look back like okay this this looks like a little bit weaker competition here you know what i mean like mm-hmm. what are you gonna get you don't know right well i'm excited man I, I can't wait to see you know obviously how you will do what you're gonna bring to, to the stage and i know a lot of people like very anticipated about you know about that yeah thank you i mean it's really cool to get the attention of generation iron Absolutely, you know what I mean? Man. Watching your films and your Thank website you. and your coverage of different aspects of the bodybuilding sport and other things as well. So it's it's really cool to be on this. You know, absolutely, it's, it's a great pleasure. I've, I've never even competed in bodybuilding. I'm on generation. <laughs> well, listen, you 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 are a part of the fitness industry and you bring a lot to it. You know, you bring a different angle to it. So I feel like you're always welcome, man. Thank you so much. Yeah, and if you have any feedback for me and recommendations, I'm all ears. Absolutely. You know, I'm a 
hearing this, so I'll take any advice or suggestions you give me. I'm not close-minded in this. I have a lot to learn. Absolutely. Now, last thing I want to ask you is, uh, you know, Thor, Eddie Hall, you know, those uh, straw man guys who yeah. are now, they're getting into uh, boxing. Uh, mm -hmm. Thor just actually had a fight, you know, um, he won. He completely transformed his whole body, you know, he looks completely different, you know. Uh, Eddie Hall is also, I've seen transformation pictures. They were supposed to actually box together and Eddie got injured or something, but supposedly it's going to happen soon. Um, how do you feel about that? I'm sure you know both of them. Um, how do you feel about that sudden transition and do you feel like it's, it's exciting for the fans? I think it was the best thing that both of them could have done for their personal lives because mm. um, Thor just broke the deadlift record. Eddie Hall had the deadlift record for a while. They're both legendary strongmen in their own mm. rights, but staying 450 pounds is not the smartest idea in the world for your health long term. So, you know, Thor's number one priorities is family and money. You know what I mean? Money takes care of family. You know what I mean? So sure. it's just like he's just got his uh, new son. And he wants to stick around for him. And being 450 pounds is, you know, and that big is not the greatest thing in the world for your body. So, genius. Let's do a, a, a boxing match. So, it gives him a reason to, to lean down and get his health in a different state where he has more longevity. Thor looks amazing. He's shredded. He's doing something he's never done before. You know, he's it's a fantastic opportunity. I think both of them are brilliant for doing it. Everyone loves it. Everyone is ready for it. It's unfortunate that uh, Eddie hurt himself, you know, but he was very upset about it too. So it's not like he wanted that to happen. You could tell by the footage, really pissed when he tore his bicep. But I'm very happy for both of them for having that um, opportunity. And it's been a long time coming. They've been training for it. And it's just amazing what they've been able to do to transform their bodies and their careers. And, you know, people are, it's about evolution. You know, if you're just holding someone to the standard idea of what they are and you won't let them go and change, that's selfish. People are meant to change and transition and move between things. And, you know, having Thor go from, you know, this to that to this, you know, you can't, you can't sit there and judge them for it. You know, look at, just take yourself out of the equation as a fan. Mm -hmm. It's brilliant. The guy's a genius. They're both Absolutely. geniuses. So happy for him. Absolutely. Would you ever do something like that in your career? You know, six months ago, I said no. But then uh, just uh, about a month or two ago, I was like, you know what? Why not? Because I'm the guy that just changes everything all the time. I'm always right. going from this to that to that. <laughs> yeah. You know, I'm constantly cursing my long ass arms. I got some of the longest fucking arms ever. What do boxers need? They need long arms. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm pretty, pretty damn good at it, you know what I mean? Honestly, um, I got really long arms, and genetically I'm, I'm more favored for stamina, not building muscle and strength. So I think if I did transition into that, I, I'd be killer. Um, but the opportunity would have to be enticing enough for me to go of after course, it. Because otherwise, course. you know, just training for boxing for the hell of it, you know, I don't know. <laughs> maybe, you can, maybe you can box Bradley Martin. That'd be a good one. Uh, I'd win. But I don't know. He's been training a lot of boxing. He hangs out with a lot of those guys. He's got some time training. See, that was the thing. Thor just boxed Devin Larratt. And uh, Thor had about a good year and a half of training under his belt in boxing specific. Yeah. Devin had, what, a month? I think so, yeah. I'm not even sure, to be honest with you. Oh, man, that wasn't very fair. But it was fun, and they both had a good time. And Devin's a Devin's a cool dude for doing it. So oh, I'm friends with them. Okay, John. Thank you so much for your time, man. I, I really appreciate it, man. It's great talking to you. I would love to talk to you again after the after the competition, man. Yeah, you're gonna be there. Uh, probably, yeah. I'll probably stop by for sure.
we'll probably bump, bump into you there. I'm there for the whole damn week, dude. Like, of course, you got to get there early, yeah. settle in, get all your meals, and then I compete. But then my competition is days before the, the big dogs, mm-hmm. and then I'm there for booths and expos. And then after the big dogs are done with their competition, they're doing collabs. So, God, I'm, I'm going to live in Orlando for a little while. So <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely, man. I, I would look forward to meeting you in person, man. Yeah, it'd be great. Absolutely, man. John, thank you so much for your time, man. I really appreciate it. It's it's great meeting you, you know, like like this, and uh, look forward to talking to you more. Yeah. All right. Thank you so much for the opportunity. Yeah. Enjoy the rest of your day. Take care, man. Thank you. Visit GenerationIron.com for even more GI exclusive content on all things bodybuilding, fitness, combat, and strength sports. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to this show on Apple Podcasts or wherever podcasts are downloaded.